Hey listeners, welcome to episode 13 of Let's Just Talk About It podcast. I'm your host, Chuck. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. And if this is your very first time listening, this podcast was created to give genuine people just like you a platform to share a portion of your life's journey. So with that being said, I have a very special guest, Miss Mary Fountain, who just recently celebrated her 84th birthday. And so I count this as a privilege to be able to have a conversation with one of our very own seniors. So without further delay, I want to invite you in to listen to our conversation on Let's Just Talk About It podcast. Let's jump right in. How you doing, Miss Mary? Just fine. How are you? Doing good. First of all, I want to say thank you so much for coming on to do this interview with me. On Let's Just Talk About It podcast. I really appreciate you. I love jumping in to my conversation. So, Miss Mary, tell me where you're from. I am from New Jersey. New Jersey. What part yes. of New Jersey? Oh, my. <laughs> That's a short story by itself. I got you. <laughs> um, I was born in um, Elizabeth, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. I went to New York and in Harlem and stayed there five years, right out of the hospital. Then I went to Plainfield, New Jersey, and did my childhood years growing up and helping my father with his store. And from there, we moved to Elizabeth, New Jersey. Okay. You just, you just celebrated a birthday. Yes, I did. Wow. I was blessed. You was blessed. <laughs> I was blessed. <laughs> so if I if I may ask, how did you turn? 84. 84. 84. Shout out to Miss Mary. 84 years old. It, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a great segue into one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on, Miss Mary. First of all, I wanted to have you on is because, first of all, I love you. And uh, you're dear to my heart. And I love our conversations off air. But second of all, because I thought it would be a good, you know, good thing to share your voice with the world. Because I believe you have so much to share um, I, I've had younger voices on my podcast, but I thought, um, wouldn't it be great to hear the voice of one of our seniors? And so that's when I asked you, would you, would you mind coming on to share a portion of your life to give us some of your wisdom that you've learned along the way? And I believe because of technology, this generation doesn't, doesn't value the voices of our seniors anymore. And so I'm glad to have you on. And you said you grew up in Elizabeth, New Jersey. So how was that for you growing up back then? Like you mentioned to me, that was the quiet generation. Mm-hmm. Quiet generation. And to look back at it, it was. And so you did what you were told without a lot of conversation. And you did it as quietly as possible. Yeah. It was a nice growing up period. Um, my father was um, an educator, like he would read all okay. the time. Wow. And so he started me writing letters to the bishops and elders. Okay. Because he was a minister. And he communicated by me writing the letters. So I would get my handwriting correct. It wouldn't be, you know, it would be nice for them to receive it. And my mother, I helped her in the kitchen uh, when she came home from work. And then it got to the point where I started cooking dinner. When it was almost time for her to come home, I would start with the dinner. I would make the fire and start the dinner banquet. That's when we had coals back then. Coals back then. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So you you had to throw the coals in the fire to keep the house warm. I had to make it from the beginning. You know, the wood, the newspaper, the coals. Mm -hmm. And then it caught 
you know, when you catch up real good, then you bank it. Bank it. And let it burn, burn slow until, you know, my mother would come in and she would start cooking. But you would start the fire. But I could start the fire. Wow. So, so do you remember those, what years were those, like 1920 or whatever? I would say, um, no, they was like um, 59. 59? No, no, no. A little earlier? No, it was early. It was early. like 49. Okay. 49 and... I was growing up. I was still in school. So when I came home, I had work to do. You had to do it chores. wasn't no go outside and play. Couldn't go out anywhere. I just had to do you what you had to you do had first. You had to do your chores. Right. I had to help my father in the store. And then I'd go in the kitchen part and um, get usually it's the rice or potatoes. Okay. Whatever vegetables my mother was having, I'd start them. And then she would come in and start the dinner. Wow. So so do you remember in those days, I know it was a lot of, I don't think slavery was that much in force during those days, but I believe you experienced some type of segregation back then. Yes. Um, How was that? My, um, that reason was my father mm-hmm. had gave my mother a house for a wedding present mm. in New Brunswick Heights. New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And he told us to go ahead out there and get a good night's sleep. Mm-hmm. My mother and some of the children. And um and we when we caught the bus, we didn't have a car, we caught the bus. Right. And when we got off the bus the last stop, my mother stopped and looked around mm-hmm. and she got us all together and she said, I don't want no noise. I don't want you to step on the stone. Don't. But I want you to walk. Keep up with me. Mm-hmm. Let's get through this pass and get in the house. Mm-hmm. And I like the light. And I was in the back with the girls. Mm-hmm. And so nothing but me was to turn around and look. Okay. <laughs> so you turned I around. I turned around to the, to the right and looked over my shoulder. Wow. And I seen the white sheets and the pointed hats. The Ku And then I saw the fire. The flames went up so high. And um, I went flying to the front of the line and said, mm-hmm. Mama, there's fire. She got down, you know, she squatted down and she didn't say a word. She just picked up her speed and everybody followed her speed and we walked. And the mule that was in the field, mm-hmm. he just stood there and looked at us and didn't say a word. Wow, the people with the pointed hats and white sheets. Yes. And we got in the house and locked doors and <laughs> <laughs> pulled curtains and mm, wow, yeah. scary moment. But that was um, that was a time that that I seen. Mm-hmm. And the other part of history I seen was when we had the stamps. Stamps. You know the books they would give you the book the of books, stamps. Yes, the book of stamps. Yes, and ma'am. You would go. They would let you know when to go. Mm-hmm. And bring the stamps, and you would get sugar or you know staples. Okay. And I was sitting up there at the table playing with them because I thought it was something to play with. <laughs> and so I got tapped on my hand. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she said that's nothing to play with. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So how how long did you stay in New Jersey? When did, when did you decide to leave New Jersey? I left New Jersey. You see. I left New Jersey when I left Newark, New Jersey. Newark, New Jersey, okay. And I came to Georgia. Mm, so you left the north and came south. Yes. Wow. Even though my mother told me not to, I did it. Did it anyway. <laughs> yes. But um, 
She was specifically telling me, don't don't go south. Because it's but trouble down a, south. It was. I had a daughter mm-hmm. that was in the army mm-hmm. in Georgia. Right. And so I came to be closer to her. So we all came. Came to Georgia. So how how long did you stay in Georgia? What was that like? You know, you you say you came from the north and then you went to south to Georgia. How was that like? Did you start a new life there? Um. Yes, I did. Okay. And it was nice. I met people. And mm-hmm. I didn't think I would meet. I met a good friend, mm-hmm. um, Sharon. And I got jobs. I worked. And so it was nice living there. Right. Wow. So in Georgia, you, you met a couple of friends, so you settled there. So so you was in Georgia for how many years, Miss Mary? About 20, I'd say about 21 years. 21 years. So being in Georgia, you there 21 years. So you had your daughter, so you, you raised your kids in Georgia. They finished school in Georgia, yes. But the oldest one, she finished in Newark, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So I, I got a question. What What would you say... To this, to this young generation today, is there a bigger, is that a, is that a real big difference from back then to now? What would you, what would you say to this young generation? Um, it's the way that they are raised, and um, I feel like when they took God out of church, right, out of school, when they took God out of school and out of right. the home, it messed with the family. So it's not much that people don't have a choice of talking to wow. the children. They don't know what family. Very few that you can talk to that would tell you where family is, the borderline of family. And so that's kind of hard. So you have to really talk to them, and but you got to talk early. Right. You really got to talk early and make it firm that you're going to be there. You're going to love them and um hopefully they'll hold on to that just like some i asked some did they want a cross on their graduation and they're not taught about the cross they're not taught no what do you think is being taught now they think and feel what they think and feel at the time they're feeling it so if they're angry they show it now if they want to say something out of their mouth they say it they don't think you know, let me be still and listen or be quiet, you know. But, you know, you have to be patient with them. I just say you have to love them. So you feel as a is a big difference? It's a big difference. Right. Yes, because the young men that's out of the house at 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night, that wouldn't have been like that before. You had a certain time to be at home right? because home is family. You know, home is where you're safe at. But that's, that was that time. They don't practice that now. They can, the parents can ask them, they'll tell them, but it's not something they practice. Wow. Yeah, because they think that they are grown, they're able to do whatever they want to do. They can handle it. So you get to an age that you go back to being quiet. So, the, <laughs> so you get... <laughs> So can't, he can't say no more. Huh? Yeah, you Just go like, back to being quiet because mm-hmm. what is there to say? If they're saying it all, there's nothing to say. So um, you let that go. And, and my mother came from a large family. She had three sisters and two brothers. Mm-hmm. And I was um, the baby of, um, now I was number nine. So there was a lot of us. Yeah. So you, you didn't see the, the fussing and the fighting and the whatever. 
You didn't see that. You seen a lot of laughter. If there was a disgruntled situation, you see it and then they smooth away. My mother would get up and walk through the room and you see it smooth away. What do you mean by that? Whatever they was fussing about It'll would stop. go away. Mm-hmm. It would smooth away. Smooth you know, away. my mother would just walk in, in the room. And it would stop. Walk through the room and everything would go quiet. But now when I see that going on, it goes on and on. <laughs> It's funny, but um, children will be children, yeah. Mm. And maybe they do need to talk now because the government is different. You know, the people are different. So they do have to speak up for themselves, I imagine. And the churches, there's so many different churches. Mm -hmm. They don't know what to pick. You know, if you listen to the different um, churches, your mind mind whirl with it because there's this church and that church and this church. So you got to be strong in your faith, but you got to have a beginning. Yes, God knew when he created us. Mm -hmm. He knew what we was going to do because he put that will in us Mm. and that thought in us. But he gave us a choice. Yes. And it was up to us to make the right choice. What would you change about today if you had an opportunity to change it? You know, as you look back, change of, of, of what you see going on now, what would you do different? I would um, let the children have family. Wow. And let family be the village that it used to be, you know, because the family used to be the village where children can go and be safe. And children was children. And they know who to believe in, what to say, and what not to say. Right. I think that would be nice. To go back to that. Yes, because it's it would be a beautiful thing to be able to talk to each other and know that you're being heard and cared about. Well, if you could go back, what would you say to your younger self? I always ask that question. What would you go back to say if you had an opportunity to go back and talk to the younger Mary? What would you say different? What would you say to her? Um... Be patient, be patient, because I just wanted to do things and look like I wasn't doing it fast enough. And um, by me being the last child at home, Mm -hmm. I couldn't tell it to nobody. So I was like, raring to go. (laughs) Ready to get out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wanted to Mm. see what was around the corner. I always wanted to see what's around a parade would come. Yeah. And I would follow that parade. And then I'd look back and I saw my mother. I'd go back and she would look at me, stand there and smile. And she'd say, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it was curious. Yeah, because I know you like the parades. You know, the music and the, the drums and the excitement. If you had the opportunity to talk to a young lady or a young man right now, what would you say to him? Well, it's all depending the age group. Yeah. I would tell them... Take your um, take your time. Don't let your dream go. Mm. Always keep your dream alive. Wow! And um, be patient. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. But hold on to your dream. And don't be so quick to rush. Yeah, yeah. don't be so quick. I think we all. Because you're gonna that. learn. You're gonna learn. I think we all go through that part. Wanting to get out, yeah. get out, get off the porch, or get out the house, whatever you want to call it, real fast. <laughs> and when and when you get older, you wish you would stay in the house. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Now you're right about that. <laughs> <laughs> that oh man, yes, man. But I, I just wanted to get your voice 
Um, so we have your voice. Yeah. Well, we always talk together. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I just I just wanted your voice on record. So okay. was, yes, it was it was as always, it's great talking to you and hearing your voice and hearing your wisdom. Okay. And, uh, is anything so is anything you can do this again? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> is there anything you want to say before we um sign off? I thank God for you and I thank God that he saw you coming down the road <laughs> and I met you and we've been together ever since. I appreciate you too. Thank you no. for coming on. Let's just talk about it. This won't be the last time. I just no, wanna... it won't. Yes, ma'am. It won't be the last time. Yes, ma'am. I love you. I love, love you to you life. Too. All right. Love the family. Wow, what an amazing conversation. Shout out to Miss Mary for doing this interview. She said so many wise things that I believe could help this generation to get back on track. But one of the most important ones was allowing God to be the center of everything again, including family. Hey, again, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Let's Just Talk About It podcast. Please download and please share this episode. And until next time, don't hold it in, but let's just talk about it. Talk to you soon.